Chapter 1 The higher you fly, the harder you fall, and the harder reality smacks you in the butt when you land. Lacey Bradford learned that lesson for the first time in high school when the cheer team fumbled the catch after flinging her in the air. Hair flying, pom-poms aflutter, she'd struck the grassy sidelines with a bone-rattling thump. This time her fall was figurative, but it hurt just as much. Standing on the cracked macadam of a gas station in Nebraska, fishing in her purse for the last remnants of her gas money, it was hard to believe she'd gone from trophy wife to transient in one short month. Hey, that your dog? She turned to see a teenager lounging beside the mini-mart's smudged glass door with a cigarette dangling from one hand. His hair was overlong and greasy, his jeans streaked with what appeared to be automotive grease and cheese-doodle dust. Better take it if it is. He flicked his butt into a puddle on the asphalt that was so glossy with oil, Lacey half expected it to burst into flames. Boss said I should get rid of it. He nodded toward a dog standing next to the dumpster. It looked like a rat, or maybe a badger. Did they have those in Wyoming? They had all kinds of weird animals. Lacey had seen a pronghorn antelope a few miles back that looked like a cross between a deer and a prehistoric donkey. What do you mean, get rid of it? The boy shrugged and looked away as the dog collapsed and rested its whiskered chin in the dirt, sighing as if resigned to its fate. Its body was small, not much bigger than a cat's, and its head was far too big for its body. A massively plumed tail flailed above its scrawny hind end. Hell, if she looked like that, she'd crawl behind the dumpster and die. Wait a minute. She did look kind of like that. Her formerly silky hair was frizzed by the heat and humidity, and her once creamy complexion was spattered with freckles. But she was proud of the way she looked. She was a real person now not somebody's china doll. She'd earned her freckles, and she'd wear them with pride. Can't you just call the shelter? she asked. The kid looked at her blankly. You know, animal control? Yeah, right. He jutted his thumb toward the west. Closest town's Grady, and they ain't even got people control. He kicked the butt out of the puddle and ground it under his heel eyeing the dog speculatively. I'll just, you know, get rid of it. He bent his knees and pointed at her. For a second, she thought he was going to do some weird John Travolta disco move, but then he swiveled toward the dog, sighted down his finger, and twitched his thumb. Bang, he said. Dang. She was headed to Grady, but it was almost an hour away, If the animal rode in the car for that long, it would probably infest the upholstery with mites or fleas or something. The kid blew on the tip of his finger and shoved his hand in his pocket. She stared at him a moment, then patted her thigh and started toward her car. Come on, pup dog, we're going to Grady. A half hour later, she heard a disgruntled rumble from the back seat and checked the rearview mirror. The dog appeared to be sleeping, or maybe he was dead, 
but judging from the sounds emanating from his belly, his innards were still very much alive. He sounded even worse than the car, which had frequent fits of automotive rheumatism that made it putt-putt along with all the speed and power of a Toro lawnmower. Taking the old Mustang she'd driven in high school on her road trip had seemed like a good idea. After all, it was her car, her own, not her ex-husband's. But maybe doing a little maintenance on it over the years would have been a better one. A trip down memory lane should have been a smooth ride, but I-80 was an automotive ordeal pitted with potholes and scattered with stones. The dog's stomach rumbled again. Better pull over. Don't want to take any chances. Yeah, right. She steered the car to the shoulder and slid to a stop, kicking up gravel with a barely controlled skid.